This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, July 2nd, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And I know it's Thursday, but the week, at least from a trading perspective, is over. So we close the week going into the long 4th of July weekend. I hope everyone has some uh, hopefully exciting plans. You know, it's been a rough year. I know here in California, at least in Orange County, they shut down all the beaches, which I'm not happy about. But hopefully everyone stays safe. And, you know, this is a different world, different world that we are operating in. And it takes a lot to unpack all of the news that's coming at us, not just uh, from the coronavirus, but uh, politically from the economic front as well you know you're you're seeing different very wide numbers from month over month week over week versus year over year right we're still down a lot year over year uh there are certain high frequency data points that point to growth week over week month over month and in a lot of ways uh that's looking good in other ways not so good so uh, definitely not a mixed reports. And now with the resurgence, uh, and I, I, I call this a continuation really of wave one, right? A lot of the places that got hit hard, New York, for example, they're not giving, getting that, that first or that wave, right? That second wave. Uh, it's a lot of areas that never really had a strong first wave. And so how will these communities deal with that? It's going to be shut down again, partial, uh, and I think that will be the crucial factor in the near term, along with what comes out of Washington. We know that the enhanced unemployment benefits end at the end of this month. Trump kind of talked out of both sides of his mouth, saying that he wants to give more money than previously, but also wants to encourage employees to go back to work. So maybe just uh, a re rejigger of the program and seeing how that works and how big it will be. Uh, that will be very important as well. Now the market continues to go up and a lot of this has to do with positioning uh, in the market from big funds, hedge funds, private equity funds, annuities, uh, those type of large institutions that are, are really driving the market, right? They, they took down their book in a, in a big way in February and March, and they've been slowly adding, and they, they continue to do so. Now, what will break that, though? Obviously, there's going there, there can be another shock, and we know, uh, you know we're, I've said this before, we're in the fourth turning. We're in the final roughly five years of the fourth turning, and this is the spark, right? COVID is the spark that is going to bring a lot of change. We know that. It's a matter of what type of change and what what are the next order effects. And we have to continue to watch that for signs that it will disrupt the economy once again. And we know fiscal authorities, monetary authorities have thrown as much as they can uh, at this, and they're likely to throw more. 
So there's a lot of cross currents here. So we're going to try to unpack this for you. And I know for most investors, it's an unsettling time and it's difficult to know how to deal with the volatility. You sit on the sidelines, do you buy the dip, which positions to be overweight, underweight, what about precious metals? And if you're an investor, you have to define your objectives. You have to know how to navigate these uncertain waters. And that's what we are here to do is to help you with that, to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions and give you strategies to help deal with this volatility. So I'm here. I'm ready to take your calls at 888-99-CHART. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and here at Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, which means we're dedicated to unbiased guidance, and we practice parallel investing, meaning we invest right alongside our clients. Now that I've set things up for today, I'm ready to take your calls. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So I urge you to get your calls in sooner rather than later. Now, since the COVID crisis, we have postponed all travel traveling until there's a little more clarity and things are a little safer. But we do still offer no cost, no obligation review assessments via telephone, Skype, Jive meetings, etc., if you want to set up a time with myself or Steve, just head over to investtalk.com or call our KP Financial offices in Irvine, California and let us know. We can book it. Now, my main focus point today concerns the story why stock market strategists have never been more confused about the year and outlook for equities. Now that we're halfway through the year, right? At the, uh, the Tuesday, we're halfway through the year and Analysts uh, are, are pretty confused, so we're going to touch on what they're looking at. Next, I want to talk about an interview with Ray Dalio, one of the most respected investors out there in the markets. And he spoke on Bloomberg a couple days ago about the markets where we're operating it and what that means for investors. And because you, you really need to understand what's driving markets right now. Okay. And we're going to discuss that. Then we're going to touch on growth versus value. Growth versus value. How big is the divide in performance and valuation? As well as when could the turn to value from growth potentially come? And then lastly, what will companies do in the future to react to this crisis? Right? It's not just about what's happening this year or the next six months, but what's happening going forward for the next years, how will they change their business model overall? And I think that will be uh, interesting to watch as well. Those, those, those are things that are on my mind, but ultimately I want to get what's, what's on your mind and I want your calls. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's check on real quick on the markets. We had a mo modest update, but actually closed near the lows. We challenged that 31 30 level on the S&P and we kind of closed right on it. It's a pretty big level. It's where we failed a couple weeks ago a few times and still have not been able to get solidly above it. So uh, it's a pretty crucial level. It'd be interesting to see where we go next week. Let's go to Hogan in Georgia looking at Alibaba. You looking to buy it, sell it, you own it? Well, I'm a, I currently own a little bit, but I'm looking to jump uh, into it full. From what I read, 
last year they had signed that they were going to split the stock eight to one. And they said it would mm-hmm. be this year by July uh, sometime. And I was wondering, what do you think the chances are that they're actually going to do that still? Because I can't find it anywhere that they're they're going to do it. Um, you know, with COVID going on and, and China and America mm-hmm. and, uh, and with, you know, that coffee company just got delisted. Do you still think they're going to do it? And do you uh-huh. think jumping into them is a good idea? Well, what, what, why are you worried about the stock split? Let me ask you that. Well, I believe that um, it's going to do a lot better. It's not maybe not Amazon ish, but I believe it's going to go up higher. I've had it in my portfolio for a while, and it's been gaining money the entire time. And is let me ask you this instead: is uh, is the stock split going to be good for them? Because, like I said, they they voted for it unanimously. Uh, last year to have it split and haven't heard anything else from Yeah. Well, typically stock splits do tend to be good thing in the near term. Long term, they don't matter at all because the valuation doesn't change. It's just the price that it's trading at. You know, you do a 10 for one stock split. uh, It's now trading at 223. I don't know what they were planning to do. Then it starts trading at $22.36, right? Which is... A lower price, but the valuation is still the exact same. So stock splits don't really mean much to me long term from valuation perspective. We're actually short Alibaba. Uh, I think I, I don't. I think the valuation is very stretched. I think uh, the crackdown on Chinese companies is go, only going to continue no matter what administration that we're dealing with, uh, and so. I, I am not a fan of Alibaba. And if you look at its relative performance recently, it's been pretty poor. You know, it's kind of chopping sideways over the past uh, six months or so in relation to a lot of the other growth names that are out there in the marketplace. So once again, we are short Alibaba, so I definitely would not be buying it. Thanks for the call, Hogan. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and summer is now underway. We have 4th of July here on Saturday. And I know you are ready to get the economy back into high gear. And I hope you are also prepared for the market swings. You know, February, March was a good lesson to understand what type of portfolio you were holding and what type of volatility to expect. How do you reposition that portfolio now that we've had the rally? We're going to talk about this and your participation is as important as ever. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Thursday, and there's no doubt that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow. So you've got finance and investment questions. Justin Klein is here, and he's taking your calls live. 88899 chart. It's a company. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz looking at BASF. Yes, hi. Um, uh, I'm looking at it for the dividend, and I wonder if the dividend is safe. And also, it seems like it's priced pretty well, but I'd like your take on it. Are you looking at the European company BASF? 
Yes, the German uh, chemical company. Germany, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's about a $52 billion market cap and de decent amount of debt on its balance sheet. Its chart is definitely weak. I will say that. Uh, it's in, I, I like f the foreign stocks. I, I really think longer term, there's some, gonna, there's going to be some good values there. Now the cash to pay ratio right now is 121%. So certainly a little stretched when it comes to its cash flow. So that would worry me a, a little bit. Yields about 6.7%. It's enterprise value to EBIT is about eight, which is not bad. And I like the, I like the ger German companies. To be honest with you, uh, I think they, they, they tend to operate pretty efficiently. And this is not bad. Um, you know, technically it doesn't look fantastic, but it's improving. I like it. Uh -huh. uh, I kind of like it. Um, the dividend path, is it over, you know, do they keep increasing it or? Um, uh, well, it, that? It, a lot of times it's, yeah, I can see it. They, they reduced it uh, back in 2018. From about two dollars and forty cents to sixty-five cents, and it looks like they kept it flat. But obviously, it's paid. I think it's paid out in euros, so it's going to fluctuate based on the the, the currency. Uh, I I actually kind of like it. Technicals on the long term look fairly good. MACD is crossed over. It's consolidating. Uh, now we have to understand this is a foreign company. This is an ADR, and it's going. You're only getting it paid annually once per year is when you get paid out so it's not like a quarterly dividend like a lot of other stocks okay thanks for the call john i do like the for a lot of foreign companies definitely taking a look at some of those uh especially those large conglomerates that uh tend to have long-term tra track records on the value side this would be it right this isn't a huge grower but they do have consistent cash flows pretty modest debt levels so I'm actually a fan of this. B-A-S-F-Y is the symbol for the ADR. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you've heard me say that every investor should, should determine their own individual risk tolerance so they know what level of volatility they are comfortable with. Define their investment comfort zone. So you can quickly calibrate your risk tolerance anytime using our free online tool at investtalk.com, the Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. And now I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to InvestTalk. The summer is moving fast. The 4th of July is this Saturday. And on Friday, the markets are closed. So we'll have an all-new Best of Caller Questions program. It airs live Friday and then will be available for free download as an InvestTalk podcast. The phone lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart, 888 I encourage you to get your call in sooner rather than later. Now, my focus point today is on how analysts are a bit confused, and you really can't blame them. Uh, in times like this, I think everyone kind of is now, but based on standard deviation, so the distribution of analyst projections for year end, this is the widest it's ever been. Okay, so a fifth of analysts think that the S&P is going to finish up 10% from current levels. And the same percent 
predict that it will end down 10% from here by the end of the year. And a, a lot in between as well. Now, strategists have been more inclined to raise their year in outlook than lower them. So they continue to kind of push them up, especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the year. It makes it more likely, I guess, to that the end of the year will be higher, right? There was a lot of downgrades in February and March and April. And now they're coming back a little bit. And this is the natural ebb and flow of sentiment. So it shouldn't surprise really anybody. And it's just their best guess. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people having paid way too much attention to what analysts think. And this is a good example of why. When the average target was this low, halfway through the year, meaning analysts were pretty pessimistic overall, the market actually fared fairly well in the next 6 to 12 months. When that happened, S&P 500 returns on average more than 7% over the next six months to close out the year. Now, granted, the back half of the year tends to be a pretty good part of the year. But when analyst, right now, the average analyst target is about 3% below what it is now, about right around 3,000. Like I said, when they're that pessimistic, usually the next six months are pretty good. When strategists are more bullish... The market actually doesn't tend to do very well. Actually, a negative 1.7% in those periods. So it just shows you that while analysts are, are all over the board, they're just following the sentiment, right? It's actually better when the, mar when the analysts are more pessimistic. Right? Because there's more ability for sentiment to shift to the upside and push stocks higher. Now, obviously, this is a very different year. We're in a very different time than usual, but this is something uh, that you have to understand is that analysts, just their best guess, and a lot of times it's just about sentiment moving. Now, let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question on Marathon Oil, but I do want to say thank you, Justin, for addressing my question a couple weeks ago about charting. You have answered the question on your YouTube videos, and I find them very helpful, so thank you. So back to my question on Marathon, not Marathon Oil, but the Marathon Company. What do you think about the separation between them and Speedway, and how will it affect their price? and their future outlook. I'm looking for Marathon for a long play. I looked at the balance sheet. That looks good. But the cash flow under these times, obviously they've been taking a loss. What do you think about this stock and what would be your purchase price for a long play? Thank you. I don't know about the spinoff, to be honest with you. So I can't really give you any insight there. Uh, I haven't studied that. Uh, but Marathon is a fairly indebted company, about $31 billion in long-term debt and $23 billion market cap. So that worries me a little bit that uh, it's, it's definitely a little stretched. But I, I think this is one of those companies that will make it to the other side. Let's just say that. Uh, even though you know, they lost $0.16 cents in the first quarter, 
Uh, they're supposed to lose $2.15 this quarter. Uh, but companies that large with that broad of asset base, they tend to find ways to uh, muddle through times like this. Uh, and when they get to the other side, which I think will be sometime next year, they will do fairly well, right? They're, and they're in the refining, marketing, and transportation area. So they're processing the, the raw materials. So I, you know, I kind of like that. I just don't like the debt levels. It's not my favorite in the industry, but I will. I do think they will get to the other side. But I expect volatility, lots of volatility, for the balance of the next uh, probably probably twelve to eighteen months. So be aware of that. Now the next and best talk, we will play a new best of caller questions show tomorrow. We'll air live tomorrow, but and be available for immediate download as a free podcast. Now, over the weekend, please be sure to tell your friends about Invest Talk and the many resources and strategic investment programs accessible through investtalk.com. But for now, I'm Justin Klein and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99 chart. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Justin Klein. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 chart. Let's go to Carl in Ohio looking at DraftKings. Hey, uh, Justin, uh, thanks for the show. Love what you guys do. Um, I have a question about DraftKings. I got in at about $28. Um, I know this is kind of a skeptical play. And uh, with sports possibly being cut back this year, um, they've taken a little dip, but I'm wondering what you think about the company as a long-term hold. I like the idea of DraftKings. I it's just so hard to understand what the valuation is going is supposed to be right now. The the market cap's twenty two billion. 
something 23 billion. Uh, they don't really have much revenue right now because of that, uh, because of the sports being shut down. And we know they're going to come back, but at what level are they going? What type of revenue are they going to have? You know, so uh, that's what worries me here. And technically, it's now in a downtrend. It had a lower high. It's in a lower low. It's testing the 50-day moving average, bounced a little bit, but is pretty weak today, especially because it's a quote-unquote growth name, and growth stocks did well today, and this was down 81 cents, you know, about 2.5%, and it looks to me like it wants to breach that 50-day moving average. It tested it, weak bounce, and looks like it wants to break, So, uh, and the MACD has rolled over hard, uh, you know, from so it just seems to me like this story has broken to the downside. Well, last week was a big bearish engulfing bar on the weekly chart. Uh, I would I would just take your gains. You've, you're up, you know, close to 20% uh, and, and, and move on because I don't have any clarity whatsoever on what the near or long-term potential of this company is. I like to keep my watch list. It's on my watch list. At my, my, my valuation based on limited data that I have is in the low teens and now we're at 33. So that's my take. All right. Thanks for Thank the call, you. Carl. No problem. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, I want to touch on an interview by Ray Dalio, one of the most respected investors uh, in the world. And one of the questions from the host was, I've heard you say, Ray, that central banks control the capital markets. And what he said was, in the normal world, central banks put money on deposit and banks come along, they borrow that money and lend it to those who they expect will pay it back. Then that, that then passes through the credit system and then all financial assets compete with each other. Credit gets expanded and there's the issue of payback and then we have these cycles. But most importantly, he talks about, right, that was the, the quote on what normally the economy looks like. Well, his next quote was more prescient. And he was saying, today the economy and the markets are driven by central banks and the coordination with central government. The purchase of financial assets by the Fed are the drivers of the market. The Fed will set an, an interest rate for different types of creditors based on its economic objective, right? It's picking the winners and the losers. The whole economy is systematically important. If they didn't go out and make loans to companies, including fallen angels, we would lose a large part of the, our economy. We're in a situation now where there's, they're the market makers. And that is crucial, right? We talk about socialism. We are in a socialism. We're in socialism, right? There's a, the worry always that, oh, we're going to go into socialism away from capitalism. Well, guess what? We're there. The Fed and, and the Treasury are picking winners and losers. Look at YRCW. That got a bailout yesterday. $700 million. The government got 30% equity in the company, but basically bailed out the company. The government is now picking winners and losers. Central banks have become part of a command economy, administering equity and credit prices. So the, this is really the end of the free markets. And this is, I think, a big reason why we're having social unrest in this country is 
the central planners have now fixed the market so that they're picking who wins and who loses based on their desired engineered economic outcomes. And the moral hazard here is tremendous, right? The central bank's response to the last crisis encouraged corporate borrowers to take on even more leverage. That means the next cycle has more debt and is even harder to fight. And Dalio said at the end, these are markets which are driven by central banks, not only their actions, but their desire to be an owner of assets. And so here we are. We are in a command control economy. This is socialism for corporations, for the 1%. There's no way you can argue differently. It is the Fed's mandate now that the entire system is important. Every asset is important to keep higher. Now, will that break? I believe it will. There's going to, the coronavirus was an exogenous shock. Will there be another one? That is the bigger question. So I thought that was a very prescient interview and summation of where the economy is today. Now it is, not as Thursday, but it feels like Friday, right? But the markets will be closed tomorrow and we've got new caller questions right now. So this one came, comes from an Invest Talk listener in Florida. Justin and Steve, Matt from South Florida, stumbled onto your podcast four months ago and uh, very glad that I did. You guys have mentioned many times that the current market is probably a bit uh, overbought. I agree. And one item I'm very, very concerned about, and I know you guys do well to not uh, get too political, but we have to acknowledge the very strong possibility of a Democratic clean sweep, Biden, and then also Democrats take over the Senate. I know that's five months away, but I want to know, other than buying call options on ticker symbol SDS, things of that nature, is there an efficient way that we can be planning for the fact that if the clean sweep by the Democratic side does occur, how can we start profiting off of that possibility? Look forward to hearing your answer on the call and really enjoy the podcast. Great show. That's a great question, and we're definitely trying to calculate that right now uh, because I think that's getting uh, becoming more and more of a, a likely outcome, uh, especially as we get closer to the election. Now, we still have something like four months, right? I think it's, was it November 3rd? So we're a little over uh, four months away. But every day goes by that Biden still has that lead, that you know we still kind of have those approval numbers where they're at. Uh, the likelihood is that there will be a Biden presidency, there will be a sweep. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's what it looks like. Now, another question has to be asked is, is it a foregone conclusion that a Biden presidency or a Democratic sweep is bad for the equity markets? Now, it could be likely bad for 
tax rates. But what about stimulus? Democrats tend to be pretty generous when it comes to stimulus, even though Trump is pretty generous as well. Say that. Trump loves to spend. He's doubled the deficit since he's come president. So that's not a shock. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that it's negative for the equity markets. No. Is that likely? I think so. Uh, there'll be more regulation. How, does, how do they treat Silicon Valley? I think that's a big question as well. Uh, but overall, it probably will be negative, but that doesn't mean the market has to break because of it. So I don't have a clear answer yet. Because I don't know who the VP is, right? Does he go with somebody far left? I don't think he, do. he will. He will. I think he'll go with something, someone centrist. Does he lead with a cabinet, right, before the election, saying, here are my other cabinet members, and then you can kind of see where policy is likely to go based on those cabinet members. So there's still a lot to be worked out, whether, you know, things can change in a month, two months, right? There's a lot of people that think a debate will turn the tide back towards Trump. It may be. We shall see. So I'll definitely... Be commenting on the show how I see this evolve and where the opportunities and risks maybe may arise, uh, but I will uh, I will I will talk about them as the months go on. And here's a question many people may be asking themselves: Will you have to tap in your savings this year to cover your bills? According to Principal Financial Group, nearly half of American workers, 43%, say this will impact their financial situation. The COVID-19 crisis will force them to withdraw from their savings accounts in order to cover expenses. 15% of people say they will need to tap into emergency savings. 13% will borrow from employer-based retirement plans, 401ks, right? 4% will draw from IRAs. 4% say they will borrow from their HSA fund. And the rest say they will use stocks or other investments. And another 30% said it was still too soon to tell how their finances will be affected by the crisis. Now, the CARES Act gave some emergency options, but people still need to proceed with caution. So we know that I think that 30% of people who say they're not sure yet, they're likely going to need to tap something. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so unsure, right? Now, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and the economy is reopening, and your retirement objectives are still important to you, right? So you need to take steps now to optimize your portfolio, especially in the current market environment. We know there's going to be volatility, maybe not next week or next month, but sometime in the next year, you're going to have probably a redux of February and March. What does that look like? Does it happen more towards growth stocks or value stocks? Talk, talk about after the break. So I'm ready to take your questions now and provide you unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, 
KPP Financial Practices Parallel Investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP Financial Programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Justin and Steve, Chuck, California. Ran into you guys about a year ago, and my portfolio has been solid ever since. Thank you very much. Got a question about Axon, Axon Enterprises, A-A-X-N. It's about 7% of my portfolio. It's done very well for me. Two questions. Number one, at the height that it's gotten to now, the price of the stock, I'm thinking about making it up to about 12% of my portfolio. Think about buying more. Thoughts? Question two. On the 15th, they decided to release 3 million more common stocks. Part A, what does that do to my stock? Part B, why does the company do it? Is it just to get more cash? Thanks, guys. Look forward to hearing your answers. Bye-bye. The answer is yes, they are trying to raise capital. That's one of the good things about being a public company. You can sell shares, especially when you think maybe they're a little rich uh, valuation-wise. And I think this is is one of those. So you're already at 7% of the overall portfolio. I think that is fine. That's probably on on the side of too much, to be honest with you. Now, the one thing I like about it is they have very minimal debt. Zero long-term debt, love that about it. But enterprise value to revenue is about 10, which is pretty rich. And long-term, uh, if you look at it, it trades tends to trade between about four all the way as high as uh, about 10 or 11 on the enterprise value to revenue set, side. And now we're at 10. So we're at the extreme. So I would not be adding to it up here from a valuation standpoint. Now, I, I, def, I don't know if I would sell it just because of that, because uh, trend, it's, it is trending bullishly. Uh, the chart looks fine. It's consolidating over the past month. So you know, it certainly could move higher, but I wouldn't be adding into it, especially 12% of your portfolio. That's, that's a little much. And for everybody else out there, this is Axon Enterprises. I believe this is Taser. Old Taser, and now it's called Axon because that's what they produce. They develop electronic control devices for law enforcement, military, corrections officers, etc. So, uh, earnings up 13% this year, 16% next year. Uh, I think it's a good company uh, long term, uh, but I would be wanting, if I'm going to add to it, I would want to buy it on a pullback as opposed to up here where the valuations look a little dear. A little dear. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here. That's to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And we are going into our final break. So if you're going to call, you want to do it ASAP. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have recorded an all-new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Search Invest Talk June Bonus Show. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Connor Calm from San Diego. I had a question about TPI Composites. Um, I got back in probably about two or three years back now, um, and kind of between the $24, $25 range, 
I see most of the ratings are still at a buy or a hold, um, but it's been pretty far down since I bought it, and I'm starting to get back into the zone of of getting my money back, wondering if it should be something I, I continue to hold long-term or if I should look to sell it and get out while I can. Appreciate the podcast. Look forward to hearing you. Thanks. All right, this is TPI Composites. They manufacture wind blades for the wind energy market, and earnings are expected to go from negative 45 cents a share last year to 41 cents this year and $1.52 next year. Uh, but this has happened before. In 2014, they lost 20 cents, and they made $1.11 in 2017, and then a couple years later, lost money again. So this is a company that tends to be all over the place with its earnings. Now this, to me, going back to that previous caller asking if Biden gets elected, what areas are there opportunities? I think this might be one of them, right? You would think that there would be a, still be a stimulus plan, probably be closer to green energy, and this might get a boost from it. And maybe that's part of the expectations for $1.52 earnings next year. However, I think that's... I would maybe play that narrative. If you think that narrative is going to gain steam, then you probably hold it. But I don't like companies that have such up and down earnings. It's really hard to understand where uh, their profits and cash flows are going to come from. And it's just very volatile, right? This is a low of $9.19 in March, and now we're at $24.40. So I would find a time to get out. Because I don't think this is a good long-term hold because of that volatility of earnings. But if you want to play that narrative of more green energy projects, this would be one of those names. Let's go to Mario in Kansas looking at Kohl's KSS. Hello? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking to buy some shares from Kohl's for a long term. Do you think Kohl's can make it through the crisis or... Uh, I think it's going to be tough for them. Uh, you know, they cut their dividend, they've eliminated their dividend, so clearly they're having some major issues. And they had a, a de- decent amount of debt on their balance sheet, $3.4 billion in long-term debt. Now, they do have a, a little bit of cash, so I think that'll sustain them for a little while. But I just don't like, I just don't like their business. Uh, they're going to struggle. I think they're the next JC Penny, right? Uh, that's out there. And, and, uh, I think they're going to struggle for some time. So just not a name that I like because I don't like their, I don't think their brand name is going to carry them, uh, in the long term. So I would pass on Kohl's. Thanks for the call. Now, lastly, I want to get to growth versus value. Now, in the first half of 2020, there was a 33 percentage point divide between the growth side of the market and the value side. Morningstar's growth index was up about 15% and value was down about 18.5%. And that was the biggest marginal difference since 1999 when the growth index gained 44.5% and the value index dropped 1.3%. So, Remember, what happened in 99, okay? So the tide will turn. It's just a matter of when. There will be mean reversion. And uh, I know you keep hearing that, but there will be. Now, growth stocks are always more comfortable to own. But the secret to value stocks is that they tend to under-promise and over-deliver. And I think in an inflationary market, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get value stocks outperforming, right? Your commodity names, your 
household product names, right? Whereas growth stocks, they carry a huge burden of very high expectations. And right now they're kind of like zero coupon bonds because their discount rate is so small. So I think when rates go up, you're going to see that reverse. And Morningstar has a difference in the value of growth versus value of about, uh, what is it? 32% between premium on growth and the value, undervaluedness of the value side of the market. So it's pretty wide right now. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Now we'll return on Monday. Markets are closed tomorrow and we will air a best of caller question program. In the meantime, please remember to download our new June Rapid Fire Hour bonus podcast. It is free and you can get it right now. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your extended weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.